0: Made the senior team for the first time for uh, for competing in team, team kata. kata.
1: And so, did you guys end up going to yeah. the world championships that year?
0: Yeah, we went to Tokyo, which I thought was the coolest thing. We competed in the Budokan, and um, it was it was the coolest experience. We actually lost in the first round because my senpai lost balance, and I was so mad <laughs> because I was so ready to at least at least go against like italy and japan you know like i was i was like if it's gonna if i'm gonna lose i want to lose against all these italians and japanese guys right because i knew like those guys were the best
1: so let me let me let me i want to go off topic for just a minute as a as a former team kata member myself uh who competed at the the world championships and and pkf and everything Mm -hmm. so now you are uh an individual athlete and yes can you tell a little bit uh, some of the differences or the difficulties in competing as a team versus uh, individual kata?
0: Yeah, so um, obviously uh, for team kata, the most difficult thing is to actually be in sync at the same time. And if you are competing in team kata, my biggest advice to um, to everyone that's t- competing in team kata is to not go by, don't use your eyes. Go by the rhythm. So memorize the rhythm of the kata. Don't look at your partners. Memorize the rhythm and go and be confident with that rhythm. So um, the first thing I would practice with your team is the rhythm. So like bum ba bum, boom ba boom, boom. You know like and then bum bum ba bum. You know like memorize that timing. So that way, when you are competing, you know when to move. Right. Um, I competed in a big Japanese tournament. It was a team tournament, which is very unique. Only teams can compete. And first two rounds is team kata, and then all the rounds after that is team kumite.
1: Okay, that's. It's called Lensei Taikai. Okay, that's very different. It,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's called Lensei Taikai, and it's it's huge. So I think there was about like. 150 teams from all over japan and i think only i think two or three teams per prefecture was able to compete or something like that so that's why it adds up to like 120 or 130 or i forgot i forgot how many teams there were but um there was a bunch of teams so it was crazy because you have to be good in both kata and kumite you're like your dojo has to be good in both kata and kumite in order to yeah win a goal so obviously you can't take 5 or 6 guys from uh from the United States. So we had three guys that were good in kata in kumite and I was put into the member too. Uh first year we lost in kata and all because of me because I didn't I didn't go by the rhythm. I always looked at my senpais when I was moving. So I was always a tempo behind. Okay. All my senpais because um I didn't move when I was supposed to. And um, that's that's why we lost. So my sensei was so mad, and I was mad at myself. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do better next year. So it turns out I I, mem- I learned to memorize the timing. Don't go by watching. Go by be confident with the rhythm. So um, that's how I learned. And then it turns out we got third place, and we were like the first team ever since like 20-something years to actually medal in and, Nensei大会. And so, um, yeah, it was it was really cool because um, we had three members. Other dojos have like five or six members, and after winning kata, they had like kumite members. They come can in. rotate out. They can rotate out members. But right. it, for us, it was just three guys, right? And we worked so hard during summer, and that was um, probably the time where I worked the hardest with all my senpais because we were like, oh, I remember I was like pushing cars and, <laughs> you know, I, was, I I ran the track every single week. And, uh, that, I think that those kind of competitions make me right now, like it was my foundation. Like I know like how much I have to work in order to compete. Right. So, um, yeah. So team Kata is very difficult, um, you have to have three guys at the same place at the same time in order to practice. Um, right now we have Zoom and all that stuff. Maybe you can practice with that, but um, it probably won't right. be the same. You know, especially if you're going to practice bunkai, it's going to be very different. Um, and one thing that I really struggled with was the level of motivation that we have to be at at the same time. So there's days where you won't be able to compete or wh- where you won't be able to move um, well, or where you're not motivated to practice or something like that. But, um, you know, other members might might be, like, on fire that day, you know, like but you don't want to pull their legs. So, uh, like, those kind of things always um, puts that stress, I guess, onto the members because... Um, if you're not motivated to practice that day for team kata then like it it won't be a good practice you know so um, you have to have that bond and that motivation to work with all your other team members so that's uh, that's one thing that I really struggled with um so i mean i have um I had other opportunities to practice team kata but ever since that um Ever since World Championships, I never had a team cut okay. foreign because I just knew how, how much effort and work right. I had to put in. Other, uh, yeah, like extra time that I had to put in in order to, right. you know, be able to compete at the level that I wanted to. So
1: so for m- um, it was very difficult. For me, my, 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 the way I describe it is, you know, kind of the differences, like, like you said about the rhythm, it's that you can't practice, you can't do your kata you have to yeah. do everybody else's kata. Exactly. And, and exactly. everybody has to do everybody else's kata. So it it makes yeah. it the difficulty of doing kata and training it for competition is uh, amplified uh-huh. because, you know, y- you know, as an athlete, sometimes, you know, when you're competing, maybe you want to pause here for something happens and you just want to hold it another heartbeat or another half second, but you're not yeah. able to do that if you're doing yeah. team kata because... Uh, it'll throw off the rhythm like you said
0: exactly so um uh, you have to perform the way that you practice and the the way that we all want to practice so that was another stress for me too um uh, it's just i want i am a person where i want to do the things that i want to do <laughs> and i want to move when i want to you know so uh that was very difficult for me so yeah like you said it's it's very difficult um to actually go like with the flow, so um, I struggled a lot with that too. It was it was a lot of stress for me. So, but although um, I feel like if you have a strong team kata or team kumite in your dojo, um, your dojo tends to have a strong bond because um, they all know how to work together. Right. So the teamwork,
1: the team yeah, ethic, I and the feel teamwork. Like atmosphere is stronger yeah
0: Yeah. so um if i do end up teaching a dojo i would definitely form a team Kata team kumite member um so that when we actually go to tournaments i will i'll make them compete and it'll be that will probably hopefully motivate everyone to um become one you know like that was the only time where karate can become like a team sport almost right Right, so um especially Team Kumite where um we all fight another team. You know, it was like one dojo against the other, right? So uh so that really pumped up our dojo back then and that I really missed that. So um hopefully in the future I'll be able to experience the same thing. And yeah, uh, that's my goal.
1: Oh, excellent. Well we're gonna talk about goals a little bit later. So Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um so then two thousand eight World Championships Tokyo Team Kato and you were on the senior team. What happened after that? Did, were you able to stay on the, the senior team for individual kato or kumite, or what, what brought you to where you're at now? What, what was that rest yeah, of that so, journey like?
0: So um, when I was 17, I competed in my first individual division. Uh, because 16, I was injured and I didn't compete. I had braces on my leg and all that stuff, so I didn't want to compete individual. Um, so 17, I competed individual and I got second place in the senior division, and that all because I didn't know there was a junior division for for kata. I thought it was 16 and up, you know. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna compete 16 and up division. I didn't know there was 16, 17, <laughs> 18 and 20. I didn't know any of that. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna compete 16 and up. I I end up getting second place, and I didn't know anything about junior team. So I I actually. Don't have any junior team experience until twenty. Okay, all right. Yeah, so um, I didn't know the existence of junior team in NKF. Right. So, uh, so ever since seventeen years old, I was on the senior team, and um, I competed in individual and in team for I think in team kata for two years. I think I think we got we got third place at senior PKF. In Curaçao in 2009, I believe. Okay. So we, I competed for Team Kata for two years. And after that, it was all individuals. And in 2013, I got my first Senior PKF Individual Medal.
1: And wh- and that was, what was that?
0: Uh, that was bronze in Individual Kata. Okay. In Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was my first, like, senior team or senior individual medal in PKF I got I got a bronze medal in um, world universities in Montenegro okay and that was my first like world medal um, as a senior team member so that that was really cool too so I I've been doing pretty well since um 17 years old I was able to compete um but if there is one struggle it was um actually balancing academics and karate so I feel like one break or make it point is um college like high school is another make it or break it phase but college is another whole different monster cuz it really influences um, whether how well you will work in the future and all that stuff. So, so um, were you
1: were you going to college full time and still competing nationally and internationally?
0: Yeah. yeah. So I went to University of California, Davis, for my undergrad, and I was on the senior team throughout the whole time. So um, it was very hard balancing academics and training, but. Um, I found time and UC Davis actually has a really nice dojo oh really so yeah they have a really nice judo floor so that was really cool I I actually liked going there to work out like it was a really nice dojo like it had red and blue mats yeah. um, it was tatami it wasn't like like legit tatami but um, it was like those plastic right. like foam tatami okay. and then Yeah, so it was actually really nice. So I I loved training there. So um, I'm really thankful that UC Davis had that training for. So um, that I've always found time to, you know, at least put on my gi and go to the gym and actually work out and train. Um, So that helped me actually um, make it through college. I wasn't, I was away from my sensei. There was no karate team in UC Davis. So I, I practiced by myself. Okay. But um, I knew all the tools, all my senseis um, grew me well into the athlete I was at. So I knew what I had to work on. There was a lot of resources. So I always questioned my sensei through phone and all that stuff. Um, So that's how I kept on um, competing as a senior team member um, throughout college. And now um, I'm on the senior team still but I'm still going to uh, graduate school for physical therapy, going for my doctorate degree, um, and all because I know how how to balance my time and my training, um, and I learned that all through undergrad. So, um, so then let's yeah.
1: let's. Wh- I mean, where are you at now? I mean, what what is your where What are you? I guess kind of the 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 Olympics was kind of a, a big thing for karate. And is did did that yeah, yeah. did that have anything with your motivation or your training? Or w- w- where are you at right now in your in your karate path?
0: So um, obviously, trying to trying to make the Olympic team was one of my biggest motivations to to practice. But um, other than that. Um, I wanted to climb the ladders in the world ranking too. So, I started off way low, but then now I'm in the 18th place, which I'm pretty happy at. Um, I feel like my hard work is starting to pay off right now. So, my goal right now is to um, you know, hopefully um if they have the Olympics, then hopefully see karate be in the Olympics is one of the the greatest um it'll be it'll be great to see, right? So I want to at least um, keep on training until I see that. Um, If not, then I want to be able to climb the ladders in Olympic ranking, or not Olympic, world ranking, and compete in the world championships if they have it this year. So I don't know what they're going to do for the senior team pool for a national team. However, if they carry over the same seed that they had last year to this year, then I'll be able to compete at World Championships in Dubai. So, um, my goal is that right now to do to do the best I can, and to lay everything on the mat in Dubai. So, um, I'm gonna be practicing my katas. Uh, I'm gonna practice competing at Premier Leagues and hopefully do well at those tournaments too. And um, my goal for this year is though um, to do well at World Championships.
1: So. Well, that that's awesome, and I and I hope you yeah. I hope you're able to to compete at World Championships this year. But I want to touch on something you, you said. I want to ask you about. So you said when you mm-hmm. started competing internationally, your ranking was very low. Is that right? Yeah. And now you said in WKF ranking, you're 18th. Is that correct? Yeah. And yeah, I I, I think I remember the other day you you posted. Uh, your Premier League, your 2020 Premier League ranking is ninth. Yeah. is that correct? Ninth place, yes. So what did, what were you doing or what did you do to get from where you were at at the bottom of the ranking all the way to ninth mm-hmm. in Premier League in 2020 and 18th overall world standing? What, what, how did your training change or what did you do to be able to make that, to make that dramatic progress?
0: hmm so um, the biggest thing I did in two thousand nineteen was I made a big shift change and I started all from scratch so um uh, I was learning all these different styles, but then um, I felt like I was lost. I didn't know like um I wasn't able to go to Japan frequently back then because obviously I had to go to grad school and um I had to practice here and in the states and teach and all that stuff so um I wasn't able to go back to Japan frequently so I was basically practicing this new style by myself and I was lost right and um I was trying to compete um the best I can with the knowledge I had but it wasn't working out so it turns out that in 2019 I I made the decision to actually start from the beginning and relearning the basics of karate so it, all started from like breathing like how i stand like which muscles i have to use um my my foundation my physical foundation like um increasing my core stability um strengthening my toes strengthening my fingers you know like all those essential like training i changed uh in 2019 so uh, it, it was a very hard transition because I had to compete at the same time because in 2019, I just kept on competing and competing and competing. So, um, I, I had to go back and, and practice my basic and compete, go back to practice basics and compete, you know. Um, so that was very difficult and at the end of 2019, I started to, you know, getting, I started getting stronger and faster and um my level of competition went up I think because of that. So um that's why I was able to like start, you know, going against athletes who are able to go into medal rounds. Um at the end of two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty I was able to actually um go to the medal match in Salzburg. So
1: and that was what uh what just out of curiosity what kata did you do in that metal match?
0: <laughs> I did I did Kanotsito. Chinto.
1: Chinto. Okay. Yeah, I I, I love Kiano that Chinto. kata. It's a fun Kiano kata. Kiano
0: Chinto is is a monster. <laughs> it's the hardest kata I've ever learned in my life, but it is the funnest kata I've ever done in my life, I think. So I really enjoy competing with it. So that's why I busted out when I when I really like want to like show everyone that how much I can do, you know, right. like. I it was it's uh it's a kata that's worth doing at the metal match. I, think. I
1: agree completely, and you know I've been I've been doing karate for uh, I don't know thirty years almost, and I mm-hmm. still say that chinto is one of the hardest kata. I mean, there's supadimpe, there's chatan, there's everything, but something about chinto for me. even still today i find it a very difficult kata a challenging kata so it's a very challenging kata i want to ask you i want to touch just real briefly again on this journey from 2019 did you have a process yeah. that you used or how did you go about reestablishing and building or recreating yourself what what what, what was your process like if you don't mind
0: so um I didn't really change like the amount of training or uh, I didn't really I basically what what I did was I raised the quality of my training. Like I didn't change the quantity, I didn't change um like I I didn't like completely change the menu. I basically had um a little more input from my senseis regarding more like foundational things. So um, like whether that was breathing, whether that, whether that was metsuke, embusen, um, embusen, metsuke, and 呼吸 breathing was the biggest thing that I changed in 2019. So um, a lot of people say I got stronger and faster, um, and that's not because I got physically faster and stronger. I feel like it's because of my breathing. And.
1: Would so, you say that your, your way of movement was more efficient, and therefore it seems faster, but wasn't necessarily physically faster?
0: Hmm. Um, I think I was able to use my breathing better so that um, I was able to move faster. Okay. So, um, and I was able to move more stronger okay. because of my breathing. So um, even in kumite, uh, like you don't want to. I feel like people have the the wrong intention to exhale every time you punch out. Um, yes, that's the the case for kata, I think. But in kumite, that might not be the case because if that guy knows that you're coming in, then you get countered every time, right? So I feel like um, some of the punches you should do while inhaling in kumite. Because if you inhale, um, I feel like that doesn't telegraph the movement because people are... I feel like people look at your shoulders and your hips and that's how people um, take, in, take in that you are attacking, I guess. They they cue your movements based on your shoulder and hip movement. So um, if you breathe in and if you are a heavy like, like shoulder breather, if you exhale out then it, that moves your shoulder and that cues the opponent more. I feel like. Okay. But um, if you are inhaling, like it, it drops the shoulder. It, it lowers your weight. I think. So I feel like some of the movements, like you can think outside the box and actually do while inhaling. So, um, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to always exhale when you are doing your katas, right? Or w- when you are exhaling when you punch. So. One of my senses in Okinawa say, like in suparinpei, like a lot of a lot of people sense a lot of senseis say, like you you breathe in and then you breathe out when you punch. Right. Right. But um, my sensei in Okinawa said, um, breathe out when you're pulling, and then breathe out again when you punch.
1: So there's. Okay, so double exhalation. Use your breath differently.
0: Yeah. So. And I was like, Sensei, I'm, my lungs are completely empty when I'm, when I'm here. And she was like, good. Like, you don't need air to punch here, you know? So I think she was telling me all about that breathing, where I was, like, really focusing on that exhaling. Um, that really stiffened me up, I think. So that made me slower, and that made me... That made me um, it wasn't the strongest punch that I was able to do. So she was like you don't need air. Right? Like um, like when you punch like she was like you you get into that zone where you are not breathing air. You know? <laughs> so she she's at that another whole level of um, breathing and that whole mentality of um, being able to execute the best technique you are able to do. So and then she she relates that to fishing. Really, so in yeah in Okinawa, uh, Uminchu, all the fishermen they breathe into, uh, they breathe in and then they dive into this deep ocean, right? And then they start spear fishing. And then they say there's a whole another world or a level that you are able to move at um, without oxygen. So but she says, you, essentially. yeah. Yeah, so she says you go you dive into that zone. So she says you have to do the same thing when you are here. So she's like exhale here, exhale here and maybe exhale here too. You know, so she's like she's like Gaku you should be out of breath like when you by the time you're punching. So um so those kind of perspective in karate really broadened my mind. So um there is a way for me to do the fastest technique and the strongest technique. There is the fastest way for another person. You know, it, I I learned that it doesn't have to be like this one way. Right. You know, karate karate techniques should fit the way you move. It shouldn't be um it shouldn't be like a mold, you know. So that really helped me to think outside the box and do the techniques that I'm really able to do the best I can. So I feel like that's why um, I was more confident in my movements I was able to move faster and stronger, I had better balance, I had more stability And um, I feel like that's why 2019 was a big changing point for me Because I really went back to the drawing board And then changed the the way I looked at karate So there wasn't really like a big change Like if you look at the menu of what I was doing um, but it's the whole like thought process that i had before it was different so
1: um, okay yeah that's excellent that's excellent mm-hmm. so because even myself you know following you know coaching athletes and and following you know i had noticed a dramatic change in 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 your performance and your results throughout the year going into early 2020 were dramatically different than they had been in 17 and 18 for example yeah so coming coming up to the present now obviously 2020 was uh, a challenging year on on multiple levels mm-hmm. uh, tournaments were canceled because of the coronavirus and everything like yeah. that how did that what what did you do last year after that or wh- how did that impact you and your training and uh, where you're at right now
0: so um i i th- the biggest thing that I wanted to do when COVID came was to always think positively. So, um, it's not, it's not like, so COVID came and then it's not really, oh, I can't practice. You can really look back at your karate and say, okay, what can I really improve on, right? So I, I took COVID as a time where I can improve, um, on the mistakes. And the things that i um there's a lot of things I can improve on uh, and I can always change my mistakes, but I can always improve on what I do good at so I always try to think positively when i when it came to covid um, and you know I just thought of it as another opportunity for me to get better so um what I did was um, I strengthened a lot of things and um especially my my whole i i don't know how to explain it but one one of the major things that i worked on during covid was taichu sen
1: okay tai-chusen. your center line the center, center line of your body
0: yeah and um when you, when i'm practicing taichu sen i don't really use space so that whole that worked a lot um in japan especially if i was in japan there was no space in japan so I always trained in this small apartment room but I didn't, I didn't need that much space I just need like one tatami room right right. so that's when I practiced my taichus and my leg speed it's like switching my legs fast moving my legs forward fast like those kind of things I worked on um, in this small apartment room so um, one advice that I would give to everyone that is struggling with training is there's always something that you can improve on and there's no excuse to practice karate because, um, you know, you can punch in place, you can kick in place, you can you can do everything in place, right? And karate, to be honest, originally it was made for for people who weren't able to fight back against like samurais or people with weapons, right, or people who are bigger. So um, and even kobudo, right? People practice kobudo. With like daily equipment, so like oars, right, and bows, like staffs and jewels, and all those stuff. So um, people actually, right? They they hid, and they practiced their karate secretly, and they imp- uh, they implemented it into their daily lives. Right. So that's how karate became karate, right? So we have all this space. We ha- we are able to practice karate. So if you compare yourself to people back then when they weren't able to practice karate, we have it so much easier, um, there's no excuse for us. So um, if you look at our ancestors who practice, all the masters who practice karate, we have it really easy and COVID is nothing considering how what they went through, I think. So um, I always try to find things that I can work on um, in the space or in the time that I have right now with COVID. So, um, I, my recommendation is to always look back at what you want to really improve on and work on those kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly I agree 100 percent you know and I i uh, I try to talk with with the people that I'm coaching, the athletes that you don't you know we have this luxury of being in big dojos and and mm-hmm. you know competition size mats when you can you could practice your kata you know like you said in a one tatami or two to, two tatami mat area, you should be able to practice any kata by focusing on those very small details and the individual yeah. techniques and maybe it's just like your leg techniques or your hand techniques. And so I'm I'm happy that somebody else is, is recognizing that and <laughs> saying that and and hopefully it'll 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 give a little more weight to, to, to some of those things and encourage yeah, so. people and encourage people that when they're not you know in the dojo that they still have more than they're more than able to, to keep training.
0: hmm So now, if if you have WKF mats in your in your apartment or in your dojo, um, you don't you only need like two mats to be honest to practice your kata, in my opinion. Um, you don't need that much space. Um, only time you want more space is if you want to practice your kata, simulating like a tournament floor. Right. Right. So that's the only time you want to practice in a large space. If not, then you can practice your kata anywhere. Right, so there's no excuse in, in my opinion, especially if you're practicing kata. Like exactly. kumite, you need your partners, uh, you might need a lot of room. But other than that, uh, karate, you can do it anywhere you want. So again, there's no excuse. So,
1: I agree 100%. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, one thing I want to to ask is, you know, you mentioned goals and stuff, and you mentioned working with the the Japan junior team right now. Can you tell us a little bit about what what you're doing with the Japanese junior team?
0: Yeah, so um, there's this group in Japan called uh, Junior Nippon, and the whole intention of Junior Nippon is to gather a bunch of junior athletes from Japan, um, all over Japan, and uh level them up to the point where they are able to um go internationally and compete and represent japan so what they're what they did this last summer in uh and winter was they hosted a training camp and I was one of the instructors um for kata and then what they do is they just train for four days straight i think totally in in one day they practice um like Like eight and a half, nine hours. It's like two and a half, two and a half, two and a half, or something like that. And they have like a whole like um, individual training session at the end end of the day. So um, they have a a long like a training camp where they really get a lot of attention from all these great senseis. And um, yeah, hosted by Yoko Sensei. And this time, um, obviously, you can gather a bunch of people from Japan. So they hosted the actual camp in Tokyo and only the Tokyo people were able to join, but they had other people gather online. So uh, we had online classes going on and actually several um, members from USA and Canada joined Junior Nippon. And they actually got lessons from Senseis in Japan, which I think is awesome because Like back then, I had to go to Japan to actually learn from Senseis in Japan, but uh, some of the students who live in the States, they were actually able to get lessons from like Hasegawa Sensei, right? Right. Like, I was like, you know, it's like, that's like coolest thing ever, right? Yeah. And Yoko Sensei, Tsuki Sensei, you got actually pointers from great Senseis um, virtually, which I think is the coolest thing ever, so... uh, yeah, so that's what they did. They had about 70-80 kids who joined this year and I think they had about like 20 or 30 who joined uh, virtually. So um, that was that was really cool. I, I always learn a lot from teaching um, and obviously I see things that I, I want to improve on uh, in the kids, right? So actually voicing what i want to fix or what i want to fix in them is kind of like telling myself okay i should fix that i should fix this right so i'm actually training at the same time um when i'm teaching so um if you cannot move or if you are not able to practice well um i recommend teaching because that is another tool that you can use as one of your training so um training training or teaching and helping the kids will actually come back to you and that will I- improve you at the end so
1: i agree completely um, on that also
0: yeah. yeah i really enjoy teaching in japan
1: so is that group is that the official like japanese junior national team or is it a uh, they're trying to like level up kids who then can become part of the junior team
0: they are not the official official junior team they were actually the official junior team before until JKF made a official junior team
1: okay uh
0: yeah but uh, now now since JKF has their own junior team um we there's obviously kids who are on the national team who come to the camp but um we do not send kids to like um like AKF or right um yeah so it's um, it's a camp mostly to help kids, um, maybe make this, the national team or maybe be able to compete at youth leagues or go to, um, uh, international tournaments in the United States or Canada or you know somewhere else. And so it's it's mostly a training camp to to grow kids to be able to compete in those kind of tournaments.
1: And those senseis, yourself included, and those v- various other senseis. They're not from the same organizations or from the same yuha or styles, right? They're all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming together from their different places, yeah, in an effort to help kids across the country, yeah. make that next jump. Is that right?
0: Yes. So we have um, senseis who teach Goju Ryu, Shor Ryu, Wado, and Shotokan um, for for kata, and we have um, I think we had two national team members come to teach Kumite. And Tsuki-sensei also who teaches Goju-ryu and Kumite. Um, he's a great Kumite instructor. So um, we have a bunch of almighty senseis. And Yoko-sensei actually knows uh, Kobudo too. So if you okay. do do Kobudo, then um, Yoko-sensei can take a look at Kobudo also. So um, it's, a, it's a great... Um, camp where there's a lot of senseis who have a lot of knowledge. It's a great.
1: Camp. Well, what I like about that is the part where what I really like about that is that it's not style specific or organization specific. I mean, that's exactly, that's because exactly. I and I and I feel a great affinity to that because that's even the foundation of, of of my team and what I'm trying to do with Apex is I don't care where what style you're from. You know, or what organization mm-hmm. or dojo. We have team members that are Okinawan Goju-ryu and Shito-ryu and, and all, all kinds of different you know Shodin ryu and all these things put together, but we can all work together to yeah. make each other better and to help each other. And so the fact that you're involved in that, you know, that, type, of, that type of group and that type of organization is what we need more of in karate. And, uh, and, and exactly. I'm glad that, that you're able to do that, especially in this trying times and where everything's difficult and you, know, you yeah. may not be able to get to the dojo and whatnot.
0: Yeah, it's very it's very difficult, but yeah, all the senseis are great. Um, They are really skilled instructors. Where they won't. um, One thing that we really focus on is to that we do not change what the senseis taught them. So, um, I feel like their knowledge and their form is what the senseis built them into. So those kind of things we do not change. Oh, um, obviously, if they're doing like, their their shote uchi like this or something like that. Then, then we say, oh, isn't it like this? And if, but however, if they are teaching this way, then we do not change that. But um, we teach them like basics and how to use your body correctly. Uh, if it's me, I train. I use. I teach my training methods like what what I do physically to improve my strength. Um, those kind of things I, I teach. And in Kumite, they teach a lot of tactics, um, skills. They they do a lot of uh, training uh, to improve, like, your footwork, your distancing, your your whole, like, game plan. You know, like, those kind of things um, they really work on. So it's a really knowledgeable camp. It's for four days. It's, it's great.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So you had mentioned, you know, in working with this team and you had mentioned maybe wanting to have uh, – your your own team and 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 your own dojo and stuff. Where where do you see you know this year we're we're aiming towards the world championships, but where do you see yourself in the next mm-hmm. five to ten years?
0: Um, I'm gonna compete until I'm a bunch of ashes. So I'm going to keep on competing. Hopefully, when I'm ten or like ten years later. So ten years later, I'm gonna be thirty nine. So I'm still good to go I guess and because um, 39 is how old uh, Sandra Sanchez is right, right that's now? true that's true so again I have no excuses I have uh, <laughs> I, I if, if she's able to do it then I'm able to do it too so perfect um, I'll be I'll still be competing but um, I, I should be working hopefully in five or ten years because um, I'm actually going for a doctorate degree in physical therapy, so I want to pursue that too, and in the future, I want to get a trainer's license too. So I want to be a trainer, physical therapist, and a karate instructor. So um, I want to be able to, um, if an an athlete or a student comes in, I want to be able to fix them, improve them, and teach them karate. So that's going to be my tools when it comes to, um, like, if I do become an instructor in the future. So.
1: And uh, yeah. I think that's awesome, especially because you know it's you see it not as much in the United States, but I know that that's something that you see frequently in Japan. Even you'll have uh, a lot of karate or martial artists, judo. Everybody they will. A lot of people will become you know they have their own sekotsuin or a, a chiropractic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. chiropractic and uh-huh. you know on one floor will be the the clinic and then the, on the upper floor or whatever will be will be the dojo i think is that something that you that you want to pursue something like that
0: yeah so um actually Yoko sensei is a seiko team okay so he's a chiropractor and he's he's a little different chiropractor where he uses ki also okay to treat patients so he uses ki and he he's an actual chiropractor too and he has a dojo so he has this four-story dojo so wh- what he has is he has a dojo on the first floor and the fourth floor and his thing or his chiropractor is on the second floor and he has his own uh, like living space on the third floor oh, so yeah. that's like my that's like my dream like setup in the future i won't i probably won't have my own apartment in the third floor but it's it's gonna be like my dojo on the first floor training room on the second floor maybe like a karaoke bar or something on the third floor <laughs> and i'd have another dojo on the fourth floor it'll, it'll be really fun you know so hopefully that's my my game plan in the future <laughs>
1: uh, I, th- I think that's a common uh common goal for a lot of us i i yes. I, I can kind of relate to that so
0: yes Karaoke bar is very important.
1: So. Karaoke bar yes. and uh, and a coffee shop, coffee shop. <laughs> there you Everybody
0: go. There you go. Coffee co- shop. That's, maybe that should be on the first. The floor. First floor. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. So I wanna I wanna start. We we've, we've been going here for a little bit, and I kind of I know you're you're very busy, and we have a time change. So I kind of want to start wrapping it up. But I wanna hmm. I wanna finish with a. What advice would you give? To anybody who wants to follow in your footsteps or, or become uh, a compete at the national level, they're not there yet, but they want to compete at the national level and at the, in, at the international level. What would your advice to that person be?
0: Um, first of all, set a goal is one advice I would give them and one long term, one short term. So. Uh, It may not be one short term, but one ultimate goal is really important. And um, my ultimate goal is to be the best uh, kata competitor I can ever be, right? So that's my ultimate goal. And um, in order to do that, I have to compete at World Championships. I have to compete at Senior Pan Amps. Um, I have to be able to teach and have kids compete on the junior team and the senior team. Um, Like those are like small goals that I would set up for myself. Um, but yeah, make goals and do whatever it takes to achieve them. And so that's one of my advices. And if for practice, um, be always be hungry. So that's uh, my biggest advice. Um, my mentality, your mentality has to be so professional and you have to be hungry again. So, um, like you walk into the dojo and you have to be the best, like you are able to be that day, right? So, um, when I was when I was young, I walk into the dojo and in my head I'm t- I'm telling myself every single guys, like in in this dojo, I'm gonna beat them, like that's how I walked in. So, uh, I I wanted to be better than every single person that was in the dojo. It didn't ha- it didn't matter who it was. Like it could been it could have been my sensei, it could have been an adult, my senpai. Like it didn't matter who it was. I was gonna be the best I can be, um that day, and I was gonna be every single one of them. So that's how I walked in. It, it was it was kind of rude, I guess, but that's how hungry you have to be, in order to be the best. So um do whatever it takes to be. At the level that you want to be at so that's one advice i would give for people who are walking into the dojo tomorrow or if you are trying to get better so yeah be be hungry and be the strongest person in the room so that's the advice i would give and um and another one is to always enjoy your sport so um yeah, you you can look at other sports, but really, ultimately, you look at them and say, "I really enjoy karate." Also, right? So, um, and really have pride and um confidence in what you do. So, um, that's my my biggest advice, I guess, to is to enjoy and really cherish what you have and your knowledge. As a karateka, like, yes, your sensei is great that they raised you and your, your parents, yeah, all that stuff. But who you should compliment the most is yourself, because you are the one that's actually training and walking into the dojo and getting spanked in the butt by your sensei and all that stuff. Yep. So, yeah, so you have to really, um, you know, really congratulate yourself every day for doing the best you can. But again, you have to be hungry. You have to put in that work uh, to be the best. So, yeah.
1: All right. So that's excellent. I I, I think I want to to end with that right there. So if, um, if how can people find you on social media or on Facebook and Instagram? What's the best place to look?
0: Um. So I I post a bunch of stuff on Instagram. Um, if you can find me at at Gakutoro G A K U T O R O. Um, I post stuff on YouTube too, like my training and my competition I post all those stuff on my YouTube too, so check out my YouTube channel Um, I have my Facebook page, Gakuji Tozaki Karate and then uh, you can see my um, Instagram posts and all my Facebook posts there too so you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Um, you can hit me up anytime if there's any questions about your kata or anything, you can always ask me, and I'll try to answer the best of my ability. So.
1: Well, I wanted to say thank you for uh, taking time out of your training. I know you're, you're in California now, right? Yes, Yeah, yes. And, I, and I'm over here, and so we, we've got a bit of a time change. But I do want to say thank you very much for taking the time out. I know it's getting late there, and I'll let you go. But uh, again, thank you very much, no, no keep training hard, and uh, we're looking forward to those results. I, thank you, Sensei. Thank you, Sensei. Thank you, Sensei. Thank you, Sensei. Thank you. So, for everybody else, you heard it from Gakuji, you know, stay hungry, keep training hard, and make sure to always have fun. So now you know what to do, so go get to work, and we'll see you out there.